I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Sue Tab and excited to have Ruth Rollins in studio with us today. Ruth is a tireless advocate for stopping the cycle of gun violence, working to educate and support families on both sides. As a mother who herself lost a child to gun violence in 2007, Ruth founded the We Are Better Together project in honor of her late son, Warren Daniel. She also works with the Elizabeth Stone House to help victims of domestic violence. Ruth's personal and professional experience make her a powerful force for peace. Good morning, Ruth. Good morning, Sue. So let's start with your background. You were born and raised in Roxbury. Been here all your life? Yeah, so um, a family of 10, second youngest. <gasps> ten. Yes, strong faith background. Um, yeah, so, you know, I've grown up from Dorchester to Roxbury, but pretty much the inner city yeah. of Boston. And tell me, I want to talk about the incredible work you do, but um, I want to talk about the tragedy that your family suffered, your own personal loss. And I want to begin there because I think that that uh, tells a lot about you and and sort of where your life has gone since. Uh, your son, Danny, you lost about a decade ago to gun violence. Talk yes. a little bit about that incident, what led to that incident, and, and how you've coped. Yeah. So I'll say for the last 20 years, I've been in an advocacy role, whether um, I was supporting my friends through domestic violence, substance abuse, gun violence, um, there was a lot of killing back then, so I was supporting my friends that their children might have been um, killed due to a homicide, mm-hmm. or their children might have been the offender, and I was supporting them in court as well. Um, just really trying to support other mothers and other families. Never thinking that maybe you would one day know how they felt? Yeah, so um, I never, yeah, I never thought a tragedy would hit my door. In 2007, I have three children, two living sons. My son, Warren Daniel Hanson, at the age 21, um, was shot and killed. Um, his, his case is still unsolved. Um, I went through a severe, severe depression. You know, I was trying to make sense out of all this, mm-hmm. how the guns were ending up in our community, how we were losing our babies. No mother should have to bury their child. No. Um And, yeah, I checked out for a while, and I just didn't know what my purpose was. I still wanted to be part of the solution, but I didn't know what the solution meant for me. Uh, My son, my only granddaughter that he left behind, the only daughter that he left behind is my granddaughter. She was at age three then. Um, She goes to Wellesley High, um, and she was my inspiration. How special is that bond that that he had uh, an offspring that he could leave almost as a gift to you? Yeah, yeah. So um, that was my, you know, purpose or inspiration mm. to moving forward, you know. And um, through that, you know, um, you know, and, and this is just my story. You know, I have a strong faith back, faith background, you know, and a strong family. You know, as a survivor, I was still trying to practice some type of forgiveness. I still wanted to be part of the solution. Yeah. But I didn't know what that meant. 
Um, and, you know, I wanted to honor my son's legacy and continue to, you know, heal one and make a difference in the community. So you started uh, the Warren Daniel Hairston uh, We Are Better Together project. Tell us about that. What's its mission uh, and where is it today? So the Warren Daniel Hairston's mission is to educate and support and serve families on both sides of gun violence in order to break the cycle of violence and victimization. And I like what you say, both sides. You're addressing the family of perhaps somebody who had a son who murdered somebody or who who was violent against somebody. And, and that's an important piece of the equation, I would imagine, because that family suffers just as much. Right. So um, I took my work from Stonehouse, the domestic violence work, and what I realized as a community, we were suffering on both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I talk about this, I don't know if you're aware um, that I was affected on both ends. That I have a son that was incarcerated due to someone losing their life. And I'm okay with saying that. Yeah. But um, what had happened was, you know, and I could speak to this, you know, when my son passed away as a survivor, I got so much support. You know, working with Operation Lipstick, working at Stonehouse. I got so much support as a survivor, but I suffered in silence for nine years. Mm. And it wasn't until I bring my true into the room in regards to having a son that was incarcerated due to gun violence that I truly started, you know, my healing, you know, um, bringing my true into the room. Because of what I realized, the only one that was working with offenders' moms was the Peace Institute. You know, we even changed the languages, no longer perpetrators, it's offenders. Mm-hmm. So what I realized, what we do to one side, we have to do to another to right. interrupt that cycle of violence. And you have the unique situation of having experienced both sides. Right. Which I imagine, I mean, I'm sure you didn't want to be in that position, but that is a position that is unique to you. And I'm sure that that you can really put yourself in these other people's right. shoes. You've lived it. Right. You've walked the walk. Right. Talk about lipstick. What is that? It's a fun name, serious issue. <laughs> <laughs> so ladies, in, um, it's a program, Citizen for Safety. It's ladies involved in putting a stop to inner city killing. Okay. And what it does is it helps women keep guns out of the wrong hand, disrupting gun trafficking. Okay. So what does that consist of? Right. Um, they give workshops. It's education and really empowering. Um, that to help women not to hide, buy, or store firearms. Through research, we found out that one of the ways how guns end up in our community is through straw buying. Someone who buys guns for someone that's not able to get them legally. And we found out that a lot of this behavior that women were doing. And when I was introduced to this program, it made sense for me because of the work that I was doing at Stonehouse. We were seeing some of these cases mm-hmm. in terms of coercion, you know, in the name of love, you know. Um, and it wasn't just young women. We're talking about, you know, grandmothers and mothers in regards to knowing about the guns in their homes. Right. So talk a little bit about when did the organization start and where it is today and, and how much progress you've made and maybe where you see it going. So the program started, um, myself and a woman named Nancy Robinson, she is actually 
the founder. Um, it was a campaign, Where Did the Gun Come From? That's where it started from. Oh, okay. Yeah, and for me, um, I didn't know how our guns were ending up in our community. In my son's case, from my understanding, it was a 14-year-old boy and two 16-year-old boys. And I wanted to know how does a young man get a gun that never less left his housing development. So I, you know, I the, the campaign really, you know, interests me. Mm-hmm. That I wanted to know because most often when there's a killing or a shooting in our community, we tend to focus on the victim or the shooter. We never look at how these guns are ending up in our community. Right. So that was really like my buy-in, and then I was introduced to lipstick, and you know. Um, I'm recognized as being a co-founder of Operation Lipstick. And when we started the campaign, we were in domestic violence programs. We used in substance abuse. We took it nationally. Um, I was in People's Magazine. I um, saw that. You were in the Boston Globe magazine. Boston Globe. It must be nice to get that recognition. Not that that's why you do it, right. but it gives awareness right. to your mission. It gives people uh, a look at, you know, this is what's going on, that you're somebody that's really trying to get at the source of the problem. Right. You know? So you must be pretty proud of that. I am. I am. You know, it's it's not really me. It's like, you know how they say pay it forward? Yes. I mean, you know, the, the reward for me is when I'm able to touch a woman or a family to empower them to stop that behavior. If you're just waking up and tuning in, you're listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. We've been chatting with Ruth Rollins. She lost her own son to gun violence a decade ago and has been a tireless advocate for stopping the cycle of violence. She is the founder of the Warren Daniel Hairston We Are Better Together Foundation and a longtime employee of the Elizabeth Stonehouse. Let's continue. I want to talk a little bit about the Elizabeth Stonehouse. Uh, I know a lot about it, but maybe some people listening uh, don't. Uh, It's an amazing organization whose mission is to partner with survivors of domestic violence and related trauma. And I know you work as a outreach and support coordinator. You 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 help with groups, support right, groups. Right. Talk a little bit. You've been there 14 years, so you were there long before you suffered your own personal tragedies. Right. You've been involved in this work. Talk about what you do. Who are the people that you actually help? So I'm I'm more in a leadership role. My title is Community Coordinator Outreach Domestic Violence Support Groups. Mm -hmm. So what does that consist of? I oversee all these support groups. We have domestic violence, trauma support, anger management, substance abuse. We also provide advocacy. So what we do in our community department, we have three programs. We have a non-confidential domestic violence shelter. Mm -hmm. We have a transitional housing program. We offer the same services to families that live in the community that needs our services. So, you know, we help with back rent. We help with bus passes. We do advocacy if someone needs help with a restraining order, if they need someone to support them through the legal system. Um, And the other part of my job is going out into community and promoting all the services we do. I always say we're the best kept secret (laughs) because a lot of people don't really know all the great work that we do. And And we're expanding. I want to talk about that. You guys are currently running a capital campaign to build a new and much bigger stone house. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that and what you're hoping to accomplish with that new building. The new building will allow Elizabeth Stonehouse not just to expand in space, but privacy for clients, case managers, but the opportunity to grow services that match their needs of working with survivors in the urban environment. 
So will the building be near where it is now? Where it will will it be located? Yeah, it's only like two blocks away. Oh, great. Yeah, two blocks away. And um, we'll be able to serve triple the amount of clients that we can offer services to. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the donations because they're, of course, critically important to fund the work of the Elizabeth Stonehouse Um and you've got to get the shovels in the ground, start building that bigger building. How can listeners make donations or get involved? If they go to Elizabeth, is it just ElizabethStonehouse.org? Yeah, so um, monetary donations can be made on our webpage at ElizabethStonehouse.org, or they can be mailed to our P.O. Box 300039, Jamaica Plain, 02118. You've been there for 14 years, and I want to ask you this. Have you seen a change in the way people think about and talk about domestic violence issues? Most definitely. I think, you know, unfortunately, by losing my son, it really made me um, pay more attention to the gun violence in the community. And I always say old school domestic violence and new school domestic violence. And what do I mean by that? Um, I'm a little older. So my generation of domestic violence looks much different than what we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of cases with young women, um, and we also service men as well, as mm-hmm. long as they identify as a survivor, that their children are being removed due to gun violence, that they're involved with these unhealthy relationships, a lot of gang violence, mm-hmm. that they're coerced into this behavior. And they may have a criminal record. They may have a sketchy background. And then there's judgment. But by the time they come to our office, they're victims of domestic violence. They have years of restraining orders, years of police reports. And that's some of the challenges because we're so used to looking at domestic violence in a certain way. Yeah. But it's changing. I think it's changed, especially for the inner city. I mean, domestic violence is really, and that's one of the great things that Stonehouse do. We meet women where they're at. We meet them where they are. You know, we empower them. We educate them. My best day is I run a 10-week domestic violence class. And I may have a woman that comes there, and I don't have domestic violence. I don't know why I'm here. It's not that serious. And halfway through the workshop, maybe the fifth week, they're like, Miss Ruthie, I'm ready to go. Could you help me find a safe place to live? Could you help me find? So at that point, I'll start safety planning. You know, we never force any survivors to leave. Our job is just to educate and empower them so they can have the tools when they are ready to leave. But it's amazing that you get to see that transformation. And that must feel, I mean, there's not many jobs where you get to see and feel and touch and talk to the people that you're making an impact on and for you to bring them from a point where they say this isn't existing in my life to saying yeah I acknowledge that I'm a victim and then beyond that now I'm going to do something about it Mm -hmm. is quite a process so in the 14 years you must have met some incredible people who have made some amazing transformations oh yeah we have so many um, we have an event every year you matter award that we're able to um, bring some of our success stories back and speak. Um, you know, it's one of our fundraisers and one of our fundraisers, and we're able to hear how they transform their life based on come after coming to Elizabeth Stonehouse. So yeah, and being a person, you know, a pillar of the community, I'm always running into people. Yeah. Even if they didn't stay, they like, thank you, Miss Ruthie, for believing in me. Oh. Thank you. You know, I'm still with them, but I still got your information. Yeah. So you know, um, it, it, 
it's it's definitely one of the reasons why I get up every day to do the work that I do. I want to talk a little bit about um, what your personal experience has brought to your job. Um, do you feel like what you've gone through has changed? Like prior to your son, losing your son, do you feel like you relate to people differently than before? Most definitely. More compassion. Yeah. More compassion. I think when I went through that depression, like I said, this is just my story. And I know in this journey, as a survivor, we're all in different places. And I'm just so grateful to Elizabeth Stonehouse because they were part of my journey as well. We're like a family there. You know, we're like a family. And I got the support I needed after my son passed away. I think I was out like a month. And it really helped me understand because you have to understand where survivors are coming from. Like a lot of people just think it's easy, just leave, get over it. But it helps you understand the complexity right? in regards to what they're dealing with. And, you know, and what I'm seeing more of, it's not physical. What I'm seeing more of is the emotional and psychological. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're able to, you know, create an environment that they're able to take ownership. I call it taking ownership in regards to how it has affected them so they can break the cycle for their children. And I like the word stabilize. Sometimes um, I saw in some of the literature and on your website that you say you help people sort of stabilize their life. And there's many facets to that. Mm-hmm. It's not just safe housing. Right. It's not just this. It's, you know, how are they going to have an income and how are they going to get places, you know, transportation and how are they going to feed their family and how are they going to get health care? Those are all things that the Elizabeth Stonehouse does. And that's a huge job. Mm-hmm. A huge job. I want to talk to you about um, just you and 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 what all of this has taught you. Um, being a mom, losing a child—it's mother's worst nightmare. I'm a mother. I mean, how have you changed over the years? You say you're more compassionate. Do you feel that losing Danny has helped you to understand your true mission? Yeah. In terms of the cycle of violence, because what tends to happen, hurt people, hurt people, or it's learned behavior. Yeah. And what it helped me understand that everyone, in terms of healing, it's not just the DV, it's not just the substance abuse, it's the cycle of violence that we have to have compassion for all Yeah. to be able to truly do this work. Because domestic violence is changing, gun violence is changing, so where do you fit in? It's not one side. You can't do this work on just, I'm going to stay on my safe side. No, I have to embrace all sides to interrupt that cycle of violence. So that's what it did for me, you know, because as a domestic violence advocate, community organizer, you know, it was real good just showing up or doing safety plans. But what I realized, you have to address the whole issue. Right. And we're almost running out of time here. But what would you say you're most proud of in terms of your professional career? You've done a lot. My perseverance, mm-hmm. not giving up. Yeah, because a lot of people would have, you say you were out for a month after your son died. That's not really a long time. Mm-hmm. It probably seemed like a long time to you. But for that kind of a tragedy, you got back up. You stood back up. A lot of people would have crumbled and maybe said, I can't do this anymore. I can't face this because you're sort of living every day in that, in your reality. Mm-hmm. And yet you faced it head on, which and- is pretty amazing. And helping to break the cycle of violence one family at a time. That's what I'm so most proud of. Yeah. Let's just give out the website again. If people want to help and donate to the Elizabeth Stonehouse, it's elizabethstonehouse.org. Yeah. 
That's correct, and they can correct. give a monetary donation. At a P.O. Box 3039, Jamaica Plain, Mass., 02118. It's been such a pleasure talking to yes. you. The time flew by, um, but it was nice. Thank you so much for sharing such Thank a your, you. per, your personal story with us, your professional story, and the great work of the Elizabeth Stonehouse. Uh, it's been a great it's been a great time chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you to Ruth Rollins for being in the spotlight today on Exceptional Women. We so enjoyed talking with her about her work, both personally and professionally. I'm Sue Tab, and you've been listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. Remember that exceptional women are everywhere. We talk to celebrities and authors and CEOs, but we are also interested in your neighbors, your co-workers, and friends who are quietly making an impact in their communities. Email us if you know someone you'd like to suggest. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks to my producer, Kendra Petroni, and to all of you for listening. Be sure to join us every Sunday morning at 7.30 for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great day, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.